Bowman here from BW1, and welcome to episode two of the Big Three podcast. We're fresh off of Memorial Day weekend. There's three big topics I want to talk about, and um, we're going to jump into that in just a second, just give you a little bit of an update about the podcast itself. Now, I know initially I mentioned in the very first one in our pilot episode that I'll be doing sort of audio and video sort of recording at the same time. I did do that last week, but the video didn't really come out the way I wanted to, so I've kind of decided to keep this sort of an audio-only podcast because that's mostly the time what a podcast essentially is, and I figured that'd be a great way to deliver you guys something a little bit different than what we do on the other uh, on the other channels that we channels that we provide content at bw1.com. There'll be some links. We'll talk about some articles that are from the website on here. Actually, one of our topics is related to that. It'll be our first one that we'll talk about. But uh, for now, we're going to keep this an audio podcast and kind of see where it goes from there. We're still in development mode here for the Big Three podcast. But let's uh, talk about the three topics. We're going to talk about so in this week on the big three we're going to talk about topic number one is going to be about microsoft and them laying off pretty much the rest of the nokia team and basically our windows phone is dead at this point uh topic two is another microsoft uh topic we're going to talk about some of the xbox rumors that recently have been going around about some new devices that are possibly going to be making their way out to us and uh topic number three which uh, is going to be pretty interesting it's going to be talking about some of the hacks that have been happening uh very recently let's jump right into topic number one Microsoft laying off the rest of the Nokia division and basically in my opinion honestly and probably a lot of people's Windows Phone is basically dead. So Microsoft just recently announced that they have eliminated pretty much what was left of the Nokia team that they purchased back in about 2013, 2014. It was like two or three years ago. My mind's fuzzy. So much has kind of happened with this and since that purchase and they pretty much, uh, they did their first big giant cut of this uh, about a year ago and now they're doing their last cuts of it and basically this is going to be roughly I think in the end of the day around 950 million to close to, it'll probably be close to a billion dollar write down that they're going to be doing for this which is going to be the worst purchase in Microsoft history. Uh, this is going to be one of their worst merges ever. If not, it's probably going to be the worst. This is already worse than when they bought Danger. So, ah, oh man, it's 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 disappointing where they're going with Windows Phone. I'm, I'm sorry. It, it just is. I did recently write an article about this. It's available on BW1.com right now. And it's I pretty much gave four reasons as to why Windows Phone is dead and gone. And um, there's more than four reasons for this, but I kind of listed those four specific Specifically, and I'll get to those in just a second, but it's uh, first want to say I hope the folks out there that were part of the Nokia team is getting laid off. They're probably a bunch of talented folks out there because Nokia was a really great mobile company and they probably have some great talent there. Hopefully they'll be able to find work elsewhere and really be able to do something pretty good. It's just so weird to see Microsoft laying people off. This is something that they did not do. And this really has been weird since the changing of the guard last couple of years. They've just been cutting people and moving on. They used to just kind of reposition people. You know, Microsoft gets the best and the brightest. They don't hire dummies typically. So they usually get the best and the brightest out there. And usually if they can't fit you in one place, they're winding something down. They kind of moved you to something else. And they pretty much gone away from that and just say, well, if we don't need you anymore, cut you dead and gone. And that's just the end of it. And that's exactly what Windows Phone is, in my opinion, is really dead and gone. Um, a couple of the reasons I'll talk about on here. One has been talked to ad nauseum, and that has been the app gap. It has been their biggest issue in getting popular applications on their uh, platform and not just getting the popular applications, but 
getting them updated and kept up with the applications that are on Android and iOS. You know, one great example of that is Instagram app. Um, at first, we got third parties, which we had to rely on a lot for these applications uh, from SixTag uh, with, the, with the Instagram. Um, and that was a really great application. And it, it finally kind of pushed Instagram to finally put an app out there, but the app was pretty bad for the most part and subpar compared to the app that was on Android and iOS. It never really got updated. It was just kind of there and it's not doing much right now. And that was kind of the case with everything. Either the app never showed up or the app came and it was a shell of itself. It was a half-ass attempt. You had to worry and work with third-party people or something like that for that to happen. And, you know, while I think that was a big issue, one of the things I really want to talk about, I think was the bigger issue and where it really spelt uh, really a death knell to the Windows Phone platform was the fact that they did not have Google services. And yes, I understand that Microsoft competes with Google and there is a lot of competing products on, on the Windows platform and the Google platform, but there's a lot of people out there that use a lot of the Google platform every day, such as Gmail, and they like to look and feel Gmail. And, and, and the Windows Phone app, probably for, for mail, is probably one of the best ones out there, but you know, people like to look and feel Gmail. There's not a native client for that. YouTube, I mean, how many people use YouTube? And that was really where they had their spat was over the YouTube app Microsoft developed. And that kind of just kind of yanked Google away from kind of doing anything for Microsoft on their platform. Cut that out. You know, that didn't become really good. And then you have, you know, a host of other things. Maps. I mean, Nokia and Bing Maps are pretty good, but a lot of people use Google Maps out there. And it's just things like that. And, and you really, Microsoft should have kind of played a little nicer with that and really looked to bring people in and then try to convert them over to their services once they've seen how good the Windows Phone platform really was in terms of a phone operating system. It was really good. It had some really cool features, some really nice features, but it just you know, never took off. AppCat was the issue. Um, and the other thing, realistically, they killed this off as soon as they rolled out Windows 10, because Windows 10 is pretty much their big play on things. That one OS to rule them all, it's supposed to be on all devices. Them rolling out Windows 10 Mobile recently to a whole list of devices out there. Pretty much a lot of devices that were released within the last year have uh, have the ability to go to Windows 10 Mobile. And you notice they changed the name to Windows 10 Mobile instead of going, you know, with Windows Phone 10. So that's already soon as they've kind of killed this off. And they're looking to pretty much change their strategy around. Going back to the mobile tech, it's interesting because that's where I really started with Windows. Uh, my first smartphone was really the Pocket PC Windows Mobile days. And I even used the HTC Trophy uh, when Windows 7 became, Windows Phone 7 became a thing. I had secondary device uh, all the time with like Lumi Icon, the Lumia 1020, which had the best camera, still the best camera in, in, the, in, in, in any smartphone today. It was really cool things out there. But it's just, uh, oh man, it's just really disappointing. You can hear my disappointment. It's really hard to sort of talk about this without seeing so many different things that Microsoft sort of just went wrong with this. And without going in a huge rant that I'm already kind of gone into about this. But, um, and Microsoft kind of put out a statement saying, hey, we're not out of the game. We're not out yes yet. We're still in here. We're just refocusing and doing something different. Obviously, this is about the rumor service phone that's coming out. They're kind of hinting towards, but I'm kind of like, no, you're out of the game. You've been out of the game for a while. You're less than 1% of the market share and you're trying to get back into this and you're using Windows 10 to be able to try and do that, get developers behind things and just try to push their way about it. And I'm not quite sure how well that's going to work 
out for them. I mean, they they they're 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 pushing Windows 10, literally forcing down people's throats to the point where people's systems are auto updating. And I know they're pushing Windows 10 Mobile very heavily as well too. And it's supposed to be this one platform. You're supposed to be able to make one app works on all devices. And having that large number of installs at a huge number could really be something that they could state out there that could probably entice developers hopefully you know they're hoping with that but developers might be able to see through that kind of with the way microsoft's been doing their tactics which haven't been the best to be honest with you here <sighs> that's a lot to talk about definitely read the article i i go I go into a little more details and a couple of more reasons why i think windows phone is pretty much dead and uh microsoft i, I really don't know what you're gonna do it, it really, you're, it's really a last chance. I don't know how many times we said it's their last chance, but this is truly their last chance to do something here. If Windows uh, 10 Mobile does not work out, that service phone does not work out, they're done in this space. I don't really think there's anything they can do other than try to offer services and apps on other platforms, which they do a better job of doing. Those apps, their 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 native apps are better on Android and iOS than than they are on their own platform, which is mind-boggling. So, Microsoft, yeah, you know, you're, we were hoping to see a third player in this game. It doesn't seem like we're going to see that. We'll see what happens. I, I'm, I'm not as optimistic as I once was with the platform. Hopefully, Windows 10 Mobile can do something that can at least get you some one, two, maybe, you know, three or four percent market share down the line. Maybe you can gain people's trust again at some point, but you've been consistently inconsistent with it and you just... It, it, it you just got to figure it out if you if you if if, I, if you if you look if, they, if you guys can just look at what you did when you stuck with something such as the surface brand itself with the surface pro 4 and the surface book and all those iterations that you made before that you spent four years dedicated to making that and now that's a great billion dollar business for you now you even have the nfl you got the nfl licensing using that but you stuck with it and you see it's doing well same thing with um the 15 years you spent with the xbox uh family with the xbox xbox 360 and xbox one you're a viable player in that market you spent 15 years dedicating to it and keeping consistency with it you haven't done that in the mobile space you've just been bouncing all around and until you get that consistency and you prove that to the consumers you know, really, truthfully, prove that to the tech pundit and the tech tech um, journalist out there first, and then prove that to the consumers. Then maybe you might have something, but it might be just too little, too late. All right, so now nah, enough of that. Let's just go on to the next topic here. It's another Microsoft topic. It's talking about some Xbox rumors. So we're just about, I guess, three weeks away from uh, E3 um, happening. And there's a lot of rumors. That right now, these are just rumors. There's not a lot of validity behind them. There's some things that have kind of been said, some leaks that have kind of been out. But this is just rumors out there. So we're just going to kind of cover what they are. These could be wrong down the line. But some here goes. So apparently... Xbox is going to be releasing about four new devices, if, I, if I'm counting this correctly, within the next year or year and a half or so. Um, one of them is an Xbox Mini, which is supposed to be a smaller Xbox One coming out. Uh, the next thing is a set-top little stream box, very similar to the Amazon Fire TV. It's not a full gaming console, but it's sort of just a streaming media device. And they're also supposed to have a streaming media stick, like the Roku stick, the Fire TV stick, uh, similar to the Chromecast. They're supposed to have something like that as well, too. And then apparently in 2017, they're going to have an upgraded Xbox One system that's going to be able to support VR with Oculus Rift. It's supposed to be, they might be bundling in, or it just, it'll just have the capabilities to use that. 
um, use it Oculus and get you basically supposed to have VR support with it. Those are the four big things that we're kind of hearing from them on that. And that's interesting. Uh, let's kind of talk about this. Some of this might be honestly true because we just heard about a permanent price drop for the Xbox One down to the $299 price point. Um, I think there's some bundles that are just a little bit more, but I basically you can get an Xbox One starting right now at about $299. It's supposed to be a permanent price cut just for E3. So that could signal a new type of console coming out. Um, the Xbox One Mini, I mean, this is something we should expect. They've always made a slim version of the console since the 360 uh, PlayStation has done this for quite a while as well, too. I don't know if they're going to come up with a PS4 Slim. We know they're coming out with a PS4 5. That one's code name, I think, Neo. And uh, we talk about that on uh, on the YouTube channel and on there's a blog post of that available at bw1.com. So definitely look at that if you want to hear some more about that. But uh, Microsoft's calling this sort of code name, I think the Xbox One Mini. This might be the new one, actually, that they're coming with. It. I think the new one they're supposed to come with this upgrade is called project scorpio apparently this xbox mini makes sense um a lot of people didn't like the size of the current xbox people want those slimmer devices i i wasn't necessarily one to complain too much but some people might have the space on their tv stand or where they sit their tv or however they sit their console to have such a large size with it especially with the pop rig and stuff like that so i can kind of understand that a little bit it wasn't a big deal to me but it could be a big deal for many out there um, I really would like them not to release this, knowing that we're going to have an upgraded console coming the following year. I would kind of hope they would try to combine the mini and this uh, new this new console kind of next year and kind of put that together. It'd be kind of nice. Not sure if that's possible, but it'd be nice to see that. The other two here, I am not surprised out, and I do uh, surprised about, and I do think they will exist. And I, I remember, I really, I actually did a, I was doing a video, sort of talking about the Xbox, sort of getting into a stream box or a streaming stick. The video actually, I, I did a year ago, but it, it didn't come out the way I, I wanted it to, and a couple of things had to come out that way, so I kind of shelved it. Kind of wish I did now, but basically, they're supposed to have a set-top stream box like the Amazon Fire TV, which makes a lot of sense, and having that stick and trying to, trying to basically bring the Xbox platform into the entertainment um, sort of spectrum makes perfect sense. This is something that they should have already been doing. Um, not everyone is a gamer out there, but having something that runs on the Xbox platform that has all these nice stream streaming apps and stuff like that available to it, you have the advantage of some gaming with Xbox Live, which those are going to be much better and higher quality games coming from them other than what you see with sort of the Android-based set-top boxes and even iOS-based ones. Xbox has got a huge advantage because their Xbox Live Arcade is far superior when it comes to, you know, any comes to really console like gaming. So if the box can do that, it would be pretty cool. Um, it, 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 it's something of turning Xbox and sort of into a platform, which makes a lot of sense where I think a lot of things should go to uh, where I, I believe that's something Nintendo's doing with the NX actually. So I think they're just jumping ahead of it. I have an article and a video talking about the Nintendo NX platform as well too. And what I think that's going to be, that's available on the YouTube channel and at bw1.com. So definitely head over there to see both of those. Um, 
it, it, this makes a lot of sense. The stick is a is a great way, a great thing to have as well too. Just having that ability to have some type of streaming platform, and they have a great interface for it. They already have the apps there. They already have the games available for it, and and I think it would be something that they could compete very very well in. And turning Xbox into that platform, it's just a smart idea to keep things for them going forward. When we eventually get to a place where maybe we won't have uh necessarily consoles out there i think we're still a little little ways away from that but it'll be just kind of signing up to a service and having all these services sort of work on a sort of a little dummy cloud box or something like that and the upgraded console to support vr in 2017 makes perfect sense as well too realistically this generation of consoles they came out they didn't come out really to the point where it could handle sort of everything that was going to be coming out in the future, such as 4K, which is this new one is supposed to at least supposed to support at least 4K video streaming, not necessarily 4K gaming. It's something that's needed. They, they, they didn't expect VR and 4K to sort of hit as heavy as it has, and it's really out there in the market now, and they're just playing catch up, and the consoles need to play catch up to that. And if they expect these platforms to last another three to five years, they're going to really need to roll out these new upgrades to it. And it makes a lot of sense here for them to do that. I don't know if they're going to bundle it with the Oculus, essentially, but it would be nice if they sort of have Oculus support with it. It'd be really cool if they made the support sort of open. I'm not sure if they'll be able to do that, but it'd be nice if it can support Oculus if you choose that, the Vive if you choose that, or maybe when HoloLens comes out, if you want to do more augmented reality, it, it'll support that. Most likely it'll support um, the HoloLens when that comes out um, at, at some point with sort of their augmented sort of reality that they're doing with that. But Oculus or whatever would be maybe a second one on there. It'd be nice to have all three, but it'd be really cool to, to kind of have that. Um, I, I would really like for them to bundle that with the mini sort of come with the small box that can kind of do all this stuff here kind of all together give you the 4k streaming and stuff like that have a nice upgraded console and hopefully keep it at the 299 price that they've already dropped it to or maybe 50 dollars more or maybe in somewhere in range or maybe offer one 299 and maybe 399 one that will include connect but although they've kind of kind of gone away from that so to speak because i think eventually connect is going to turn into a cortana and that's going to be either coming through probably a mic a port on a controller or something like that which i could see them doing with a stream box because because if you see on the uh on the amazon fire tv the controllers and the and, and the microphone and the um remotes actually have mics in them to access voice commands so i could see them pretty much installing Katana or using Katana in that way as the way they're going in, 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 into the future sort of using uh, voice controls, voice recognition. So that'd be pretty interesting there. Um, all all rumors right now coming from Microsoft. Not quite sure if these things are going to happen. Uh, I think a few of these things, like I stated, are. But we're just going to have to wait till E3 to hear what we're really going to get from Microsoft. All right, so our final topic in this week's podcast, I originally was going to do, I was going to talk about the new bill that's been put out, basically the new budget that's the, that the government's kind of putting out here that basically neuter the FCC and kind of circumvent net neutrality altogether. They're trying to destroy it through there. And I will talk about that probably in a blog post or at, at, at some point and address a little bit later. So I'll have a blog post sometime up this week sort of talking about a little bit about that, kind of giving you guys some information because it's pretty important. But I want to talk about what's recently been happening and that is the hacks that have been going on on many um, major uh, major sites, especially in the social networking space of things. Um, MySpace recently got hacked. 
apparently it actually happened almost eight years ago. Um, from what I'm reading here, it, uh, when I actually got this from um, haveibeenpwned.com, it's a great way to check to see if your data has been hacked or compromised in any way. And they have a list of places that you can kind of see and you can kind of confirm it, if it's happened or not. So uh, basically it, what they said here in approximately 2008, MySpace suffered a data breach that exposed almost 360 million accounts. In May of 2016, the data was offered up for sale on the on the real deal dark market website included email addresses, usernames, and SHA-1 hashes the first 10 characters of passwords converted to lowercase and stored without assault. This exact breach date is unknown, but analysts of the data suggest it was eight years ago before it being made public. That is a lot, especially uh, even eight years ago where MySpace was still somewhat relevant around that time. It was already kind of dying off. There's plenty of people that probably had sites and accounts on there and your data might be compromised. And considering some, a lot of people like to use the same email or username and passwords across several accounts, that's kind of a scary thing to think about. Another one that I want to talk about recently that's happened is also LinkedIn. Um, the same thing in May of 2016, LinkedIn had about 164 million email addresses and passwords exposed, originally hacked in 2012. The data remained out of sight until, the, until being offered for sale on the dark market site four years later. The passwords in the breach were stored as, as SHA-1 SHA hashes without salt, the vast majority which were quickly cracked in the days following the release of the data. Just crazy stuff. And LinkedIn's a little bit more serious. A lot of people put their business profile, their work profiles under there because that's something really serious in terms of what their career is about. And now that information's apparently being hacked. This is really, I want to stress out here. There's a few, few, few others out here that I can see, such as Tumblr, Adobe, um, several other things. You can actually go to Avenpool.com and it has sort of this list of things on, on onto there uh, that you can kind of see. I'll try to put the link and I'll try to put the website in the description of the uh, of this podcast here so you can check it out. It's just, you know, this stresses, I like to stress this more and more, um, it, and especially when I see my friends get Facebook hacked all the time too. It's really important. If you can, definitely try to prioritize your passwords, but more importantly, definitely try to turn on two-factor authentication if you can in any way, either if the site offers it or if there's a third-party service I can offer it on top of it, set that up. It's just needed right now. These things are happening way too often. You really want to do your best to protect your data on these services. These companies, they try to do their best for security and such like that, but there's only so much they, that they can do and they can easily get caught with their pants hanging down. We know last year we had the sort of Ashley Madison thing. I did a whole video talking about what happened with the Ashley Madison, Madison stuff last year. It's just crazy when you think about that. You really have to protect yourself online. I really stress to everyone. If, you can, if a site offers two-factor authentication, sign up for it. Um, if it doesn't, question yourself if you want to bother signing up for it because it might not be taking security seriously as you may think. Um, and also, if you're if you're on a site and you're not using that site anymore, uh, change, the, change the password on it, even maybe change the email and deactivate the account and, and, and keep it deactivated. And, and, and so just to better protect yourself in that way because hearing about these things is really disheartening we're, we're becoming such so much we're, we're really just an online world these days and so much of our information is online here and so much data is out there and these companies try to do their best to protect these I, I i try to always believe they put the best foot forward some of them are not the smartest about keeping themselves protected some others are are very very good about it but you really you have to you have to 
practice best measures to protect yourself because you never know when something's been hacked and when that information is going to be released. We're looking at like the last two I mentioned with MySpace, eight years later. You look at LinkedIn, it's like four years later that this information was offered and up for sale for anyone to do anything they wanted to do with it at that point. I mean, it might be a little bit of ways away. You might never needed to use any of that at that point. You might not even be using the service now, but it just it's just important to protect yourself as as much as possible. I really, really stress that. Just be sure to always keep track of your accounts. Change passwords on accounts. If you're seeing something shady that you're just only going to be using once, maybe use a dummy account, a dummy email. Limit the number of, of limit the amount of data that you put on there. If you're a little worried or even just think remotely that something could be hacked out there, and just keep aware, keep an eye on things, and make sure you're listening to these bulletins. It's just frustrating to hear about these things so i know for my uh, ranting there that's the last episode i mean excuse me not last episode the last topic this is in the last episode we're gonna have plenty of more episodes but the last uh topic here for the big three uh speaking of episodes we are now going to be available as a podcast that you can sign up for on google play that's already been approved so that's up on there you can if you're using google play uh all access of google play music you can find our podcast on there it'll be up there you just search for bw1 we're also in the process of getting approved for itunes so either by this episode or a little bit a couple of days later we should be approved for itunes as well too and we'll be distributing through there as well if you want to sign up for the podcast so hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that definitely um leave some suggestions on here we we do post this to soundcloud as well too so if you want to use soundcloud to listen to leave it on there leave some notes leave some suggestions shoot us some emails contact us uh let us know what you guys think of the podcast so far and we'll be adding some guests and stuff as we go along but uh, this has been the big three thank you guys for listening be sure to uh keep subscribe to our podcast here also check us out on all our other uh, places that we hang out yeah, facebook instagram our main website at bw1 youtube twitter all that's available just to search for bw1 and always remember to live your tech world in high definition